0: I read a troubling story recently about a woman who made a racist comment. She told an African-American man that he must have been mistaken as he was standing in the first class line waiting to board an airplane. That's shocking to me. The man who was wealthy and accomplished set the woman straight about being in the right line, to which she muttered another insult as she typed on her phone that he must be military or something. As we tend to do these days, the man responded immediately on Facebook. He chronicled the incident and snapped a picture over his shoulder of the woman, which in 24 hours had sparked 383,000 likes, 253,000 shares, and hundreds of comments Found the whole thing to be just sad. A few days later, there was a follow-up story that did my heart good, though. The man apologized, writing, when I posted on Facebook, I didn't expect all this. I can honestly name four or five people that I thought would comment with something funny, and that would be it. It brings me no joy knowing that this woman might be going through hell now. The story was real, just like racism is definitely real, but I now know that I should have handled it another way. So, I would like to apologize to the woman I had this this encounter with yesterday. No matter how wrong your actions, you don't deserve this. What humility and grace, and what an ironic choice of words, no joy, on this third Sunday of Advent when we focus on authentic joy found in our faith in Jesus Christ. As I read that story, I said, I hope that man is Catholic. The moral of the story is in our time, news travels very fast, very, very fast. Recently, I watched a movie about the 1980s and was annoyed that while they were trying to stop a crime, that someone just didn't call the police on their cell phone. Whoops. No cell phones. By our standards, communication in ancient Palestine was ridiculously and painfully slow. But detailed reports about the preaching of St. John the Baptist in the southern Palestine made their way to the north, eventually to Jesus in the hick town of Nazareth. His cousin was becoming a superstar and casting quite a stir. After Jesus heard the details of John preaching via the grapevine, He left his parents and carpentry tools behind and walked south to check out John's message. It was a long trip from north to south, his constant companion during the the day. The four days that he traveled was heat by day and bone-shivering cold by night. Finally, Jesus came upon a loud and boisterously preacher along the Jordan River and a mesmerized crowd. It was John the Baptist, and the people hung on his every word. Jesus also listened closely, taking it all in. In fact, the Gospels relay that Jesus was so moved by John that he insisted upon being baptized by him to initiate his public ministry. Initially, John had the good sense to decline, but you didn't say no to Jesus for long. After all, he was the Christ, the Holy One of God. It's interesting that at this point, Jesus was not the center of attention. He was sort of incognito, if you will, in the large crowd of John's followers. After his baptism, he camped out with John and his followers for several weeks, keeping a low profile. And otherwise, it might be perilous to his safety as John was converting many, raising the ire of the religious leaders. Shortly thereafter, Jesus began his 40 days of prayer and fasting in the desert, and after this experience, his message came sharply into focus. Although Jesus admired John, his mission would be different from that of the Baptist. When his retreat was done, he returned to John and his people at the Jordan River for a time, and then he discovered what was wanting in the teaching of his dear cousin. That is, John's message full of passion and full of urgency also lacked any sort of the tenderness of God that sent Jesus to the earth. John's preaching reflected God's anger in the state of his chosen people, but he said very little about God's love for us. As the forerunner of the Messiah, John's focus was on repentance. Let's get it right, people. He had spent too much time in the desert for much else. But John didn't delve into the reality that we worship a benevolent God who understands our daily problems, troubled teenagers, financial problems, addictions, depression, gossip, and the like. So there was a day when Jesus rolled up his bed mat and belongings and retreated from John's riverside camp. They would never meet again in their lives, but they would never forget each other either, and their missions would be forever linked in salvation history. One day when he was in prison, John attempted to reignite their relationship, sending his disciples to ask, Are you the one who is to come? Meanwhile, Jesus returned to his own country and began preaching his own message and ministry. His message was clear. While his cousin shouted at people till he was red-faced and the veins stood out in his neck, he admonished them in rough language, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Jesus, on the other hand, called his people to repentance, yes. But he also spoke softly to to the walking wounded around him, come to me all you who are wearied and find life burdensome and I will refresh you." What a great message for 2020. Sometimes our mission and our image of God is very much like John. Sometimes we convince ourselves that the God of the universe is out to get us. He demands obedience and has little concern for the twists and turns and suffering of our lives. But he is a God that is anxious to forgive our sins and our faults, most especially sacramentally. Penance service is on the 21st, by the way, and also next Saturday and after this Mass, so mark your calendars. When we open ourselves to Jesus' teaching about who God is, we not only help ourselves, but we also lend that understanding to others through our evangelization, That is, we project a vision of God on other people, and if we spread an incorrect vision of God, a God who demands justice above all things, it will stay with people forever. Again, news travels fast today, and it's often bad news, scandal, hateful criticism, bad elections, gossip, and the like on social media and beyond. But let us oppose all of this and rejoice on the third weekend of Advent. We rejoice, it's called Gadaute Sunday. Rejoice because we know our Savior is coming. Let us preach a radical message of repentance and forgiveness of sins also by a God who loves us.